You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. All right, let's get into this. I want to, because God gave this to me, and I want, I want, to, I want to finish it. <sighs> Lord, it's 12 o'clock. Can you give me a half an hour? I, okay, uh, we're, light, we're talking about lights in a darkened world. Matthew 5, 14 and 16 says, says, you are the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14 and 16, if you want to turn to it. City that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And then Matthew 5, again, is our scripture text. It says, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men. Now, we, we talked about the lie last week. And we talked about this, the, the, the problems that were, uh, Israel was facing and, the, and that was going on in the world at the time, the evil Roman Empire, and, and uh, they were working in darkness, etc. I'm not going to get into all of that. I'm just going to know. But, but uh, in Romans, uh, God spoke to, um, uh, uh, through Paul and told about the conditions that were uh, in, the, in the earth during the time of Rome. And... Uh, uh, how bad it was, and, and the church was under that uh, oppression and everything else. And, uh, and Paul said they got this way because they believed the lie. Sometimes, we, we've, we, I've heard it quoted all the time. Well, you know, they said God, God believed the lie. You know, I mean, no, not God, but I mean the, the church believed the lie, or the people believed the lie. The people, Christian, uh, church, uh, the common people believed the lie. But it's not a lie, it's the lie. People today are believing the lie. All right? Remember, I began to talk to you. And uh, so we went back and, and listened to uh, and, and read about Adam and Eve getting in the Garden of Eden and had everything going good and Satan coming along. And he told them the lie. He gave them the lie. It wasn't a lie. It was the lie. The lie that he has used ever since creation. Down through every generation the same lie. You can govern yourself. You don't. That's why, and lately we've heard come out, question authority. Amen? At first I'm wondering, what do they mean? And that's what it means, question authority. You You don't have to be under any authority. That's the gist that they're talking about. You have your own authority. Do your own thing. Do what you want to do. And this is what we are seeing today in our world. Our people... I mean, the, the, the people in this earth are believing the lie. And the church is being raised up to dispel the lie of people that are living the lie and don't know it. Remember I said last week, I said that people out there are living the lie because of their unbelief. And we think, well, their unbelief, you know, blah, blah. Well, well, why don't they believe? Because they believe a lie. They're believing but they're believing a lie. People believe in the supernatural, but they're believing in a lying supernatural. 
They're believing the lie. The lie. Why do you say the lie? And this is what we're seeing in the world today. We're seeing the implementation from way back in the time of Adam and Eve when Eve believed the lie. Now, I'm not going to go back into that because we've gone all over it. But let's look here uh, uh, at the results of the lie. Eve believed it. She bought it. You don't have to listen to God. He's holding out to you. And he's holding his, his hand over you because he wants servitude from you and he wants you to serve him. And he, want, he, he wants to control you. Oh, we, we don't, especially we down eaters, we hate to be controlled. Well, it's about time we learn to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And half the time, this is what the, this is what's problem. I'm going to be frank with this. Half the problem in our work, our area right here is because we don't want to be told what to do. Boo. That's not shouting. Don't get you shouting on that one. So we have splits and we have all kinds of junk going on. When there's a people that are lost, believing the lie and going to eternal hell, God wants a people to be raised up, okay, that is not going to refute authority, proper authority I'm talking about, is not going to be always questioning, is not always going to be, uh, but is going to begin to be subservient to the flow of the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's like like when uh, uh, someone asked about uh, the, uh, Jesus reigns and asked a certain individual who was a pastor, and they said, well, what, what do they believe? Well, it doesn't matter what we believe. We are raised and praising and worshiping Jesus Christ. I don't have to get out there and shoot my doctrine off. I'm going to raise Jesus Christ and worship him. Why do you ask? Just come along and take arms with us. I mean, praising Jesus, you can't go wrong. Or worshiping or, you know, working for him. Can you say amen? amen. So, but here's the results of the lie that Adam and Eve embraced. Number one, Adam and Eve traded eternal life for the temporary. Whew. That's scary. Adam and Eve exchanged the truth for the lie, peace and harmony for fear. Number three, the day they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they died spiritually. They ran and hid themselves. For the first time, they were afraid of God. They exchange intimate fellowship with their creator for total estrangement and fear entered their hearts. That's what they gave up. They believed the lie. And darkness filled men's spirit, soul, and body. I'm, I'm, I'm reading this because I want, I want you to get this. Paul, in, in writing to the Ephesians, stated their eternal condition before their conversion and is the plight of all unconverted humanity as well. Ephesians 2, 1 to 3, if you want to turn to it. Number one, the minute Adam and Eve ate that fruit, they died. And men and women are dead in trespasses and sin. 
They are not living. They are dead. Spiritually. They, and, they, and, and the people walked according to the course of this world. NLT says, lived in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the dictates of the devil, the prince and power of the air, the commander of the powers of the unseen world, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Because they believe the lie, they become disobedient. And they're doing their own thing, and we're in a mess. It doesn't matter whether we get Republicans and Democrats in the White House in America. If we don't change our way of thinking, we're dead living the lie. And the church is here for one reason, to open the eyes of the blind. That's our sole purpose, to bring restoration back to a lost and dying. This is our mission. You've got something. A lot of people, and you see, and what happens is in the Christendom, I say that there are Christians and then there's Christendom. In the Christen, Christendom world, okay, they, 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 they're a mess. And they've lost that touch with God because they're believing the lie as well. We don't want to have the worship and we don't want to have the noise and, we, and, and, and all of that. We, but what we want is we want a nice, quiet, cute service that we can go into for an hour and be, they're believing the lie while people are going to eternal hell. Do you know what? God's noisy. Heaven is noisy. Heaven is crazy. There are angels singing 24 hours a day. Holy, holy, just as loud as they can. There are others that are going back and forth from the throne, ministering. I mean, heaven is a busy place. We think that when we get over in heaven, we're all going to relax down by the, by the sea that Psalm 23 was about, by the river or the pool or wherever it is, and we're going to sit there in our lawn chairs and just bask in the presence of God. Honey, it is not going to be that way. Heaven is going to be loud. Let me tell you something. If you can't stand loudness down here, you, it is going to be hell for you in heaven. That's going to be a calling of conventions of all the laborers and workers in heaven to come to the throne room and come to the banqueting hall, and it is going to be loud. There are going to be angels that are going to be dancing. There are going to be saints that are going to be up there dancing and shouting. That's why, if, how many want to go to heaven? Amen. Well, that's what you're going to get. If you don't like noise down here, honey... You might as well go to hell. Because you know what hell is going to be full of? People who believe the lie and missed it and moaning and groaning and in pain. That's what hell is going to be like. Which would you prefer? Dancing with the angels or moaning and groaning in hell? That's the choice we got. Take it or leave it. You say, Pastor Heard, I'm telling you the truth. Go and study heaven. 
Isaiah, a little bit of heaven was opened up in Isaiah 6. And what Isaiah saw was angels around the throne. And they were going, holy, 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 constant. constant. And then there'd be a shift, a little silence and shift. And then another group would come on. Holy, holy. That was just around the throne. I want to be right in the middle of it. I want to get up just as close to the throne as I can and shout just as loud as I can. I'm going to look around and say, my God, I made it. I made it. I made it. I made it. There were times when I didn't think, and then I'm going to turn around and just shout and praise God because I made it. All my worries are going to be gone. All my pain, all my sickness. Getting back to the ugly here. Because they believed the lie, they conducted themselves in the lust of the flesh and the mind. The dictates of an unconverted, darkened soul. Second Corinthians says this. I'm getting to us, but I just want to tell you the state. This is the state the world's in. And we're here to dispel that darkness now. And it ain't easy. What Charlie saw in a vision is what we're up against. We're up against strongholds, demonic strongholds. But God has given us the power and the authority over every one, every demon, every devil. We don't have to be afraid of because God is raising up a people that is anointed in these last days, you're going to see church like you've never seen it before. I promise you, it's not going to be quiet. You're going to go into services and you're going to see people falling out on the floor just like you did here. You're going to see people laying over pews. You're going to see people laughing. You're going to see the miracles being performed wherever you go. And the dead, dried up ones that don't want it are going to just shuffle off to the side. And be and be and just go into the the believing the lie. And it's sad the denominations that are believing the lie and in bringing all that stuff into that church. They're not, I'm going to say it right out loud. The United Methodist Church has lost I don't know how many hundreds of churches. They're pulling out, and they're losing property in doing it. But they say, we cannot buy the lie that's being sent down from headquarters. And I think they're calling it, they're making a new group called the Global, Global Methodist Church. And they want the truth. They want to walk in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? All right. 2 Corinthians 4.4, whose mind the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on him. Now, the NLT says this of that scripture, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. See, those that are out in the world their eyes are blinded because they, and because they don't believe, and they don't believe because their eyes are blinded. I have to be regenerated. 
I have to be reconstituted. I have to have a new faith. I have to come alive to the things of God. And I'm going to suffer for it. We talk about revival, saints. Let me tell you something. Revival comes with a price. We are in the midst of revival. And we've already felt some of that persecution where our, where our church worships. And I'm not saying this from a vendetta. I'm not saying this from anger. I'm telling you the truth. You say, well, what am I going to do about it? Well, that's what I'm going to tell you. It says here, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message. That's the problem with people today. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They don't, they don't see that, and they don't believe it because they are blinded, and they're walking in death. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Here it goes, and here's the change, and here's the switch. Before Jesus came, it was black, still black. But something happened at the cross. Something happened on the day of Pentecost that changed the whole outlook of humanity. And it is here, Corinthians 4, 6, for it is God, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, out of spiritual, moral, intellectual darkness. How? And I'm going to take you to Isaiah 9, 2, 6, and 7. How did God's light shine in the darkness? Well, let's look at Isaiah. And it says right here, Isaiah 9, 2. The people, the Gentiles, who walked in darkness have what? Seen a great light. And I'm going to tell you what that light is. Those who dwelt in the shadow of death, upon them the light has shined. People outside of Jesus Christ are living in the shadow of death. Can you say amen? And they're dead. If you've got a friend or a neighbor that doesn't know Jesus Christ, stop praying for him. You see them driving their yard every day, back out every day. You see them around their yard every day. And if they're not Christian, they don't know Jesus Christ. And they may be nominal Christian, and they still don't know Christ. And I'm telling you, saints, don't be satisfied just because they go to church. I'm telling you truth. Oh, well, we all have our way. There was a lady that came into the sub shop when I worked. And she was going on and she says, well, she says, she went out, she says, well, we all have our way and our, our ways to get to God. And I said, I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I hate to say it, but they, we don't. She goes, what do you mean? I says, not every way leads to God. I said, there's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. 
There's only one way. And we're here to tell them. Every Christian, and I'm not just talking about this church, I'm talking about those that embrace the fullness of the gospel. That love God. Man, you're quiet. Okay, it says, Upon them the light has shined. Here it is. Here's the light. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. We're celebrating that now. Isaiah 6 and 7 are telling the whole story of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the history of a spirit-filled, believing, godly people. I'm not saying that CLP is it. I'm saying that, thank God, we're part of it. And I don't want to not ever be not a part of it. There is a move of God that's going across this land, and I want to be right in the middle of it. I'm not always going to be fighting. There's a lot of things that looks kind of strange sometimes, but I'm saying, God, I'm not fighting it. I want a move of God. I mean, I don't know who it was. I, I was, was uh, uh, Ray, how Jesus worked when he was healing. Spin on the ground. Most unsanitary thing. And then took dirt that had been his from his spittle, not sanitized, nothing. He just swamp. There it goes. Whack. And we would recoil at that nowadays if an evangelist come in and said, okay, you want to be healed? <laughs> see, that's exactly the way we react. And then see that evangelist go, well, I'm not going back to that church. Do you see what he did? How much do you want God to move? I went in that church and it was rolling all over the floor. No, honey. They were slain out in the spirit. You exaggerated. Or sometimes, I know one kid in Zion got filled with the Holy Ghost. Threw up his hands. And we had, we had seats like this. And, and then there were seats on the back because we were in the prayer room. And the, the, the rail that was between it was about this, about this wide. He jumped up. Speaking in tongues, dancing, and dance. I mean, it was, it was a long room. And he danced on that. And a lot of people said, I'm going back to that church. Yeah, God, one man, one man. God. But you didn't know the background of this boy that was in Bible college that wanted the Holy Ghost and was hungry for God. He was not the best light in his society and in where he came from. And for the first time, he was accepted with people of his peers. And he was so filled with joy and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that he just let go and danced, and we all rejoiced with him. That's the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Why does it have it happen? I don't know, but I'm not going to question him. He didn't lose his, and he later on graduated when we graduated and went out into the ministry. When you get a move of God, you're going to see things. Let's be open. 
because the people that are sitting in darkness needs to see demonstrations like that, supernatural like that. They're not always going to say, well, I'm giving you seven rules here. This is what you're going to do. You're going to do this and this and this and this and this. And the guy says, you know, you know, where'd you come in? Turn around and go out because I don't want nothing to do with it. But you take that man that has a heart attack or has a bad heart or a bad leg. And all of a sudden, his leg is straightened. His heart is healed. Do you think he's going to walk away? Not necessarily. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. For unto us a child is born, the birth. This is how God came into the world. In a baby. Not through kingship. Not through royalty. Although he was royal. Not with a lot of money. Joseph was a carpenter. They had a, they, 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 the, the village where they came from, they didn't have a good reputation. Because as far as they're concerned, because their eyes were darkened, they were born an illegitimate child. Can you say amen? This is how we came. Was it pretty? No. In a manger? Yes. Cow dung. We, we, have, we have the manger and it's all pretty. But honey, there was a, it was a stall. It was a place where animals, there was cow dung. All of that. He came. It wasn't pretty. When the, day, when the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit came in California, it was in, came in an old run-down church that had been used for a warehouse. The movement of the Pentecostal movement came out of that. And before they even realized, God came into the, into the scene, and before they even realized when it was not popular to have integration, and we have people on the streets running black this and all this, and blue this and pink this, God just automatically integrated them. Every, every race, every color was there in Azusa Street and spread out across the United States and around the world from that one place. That was very insignificant. You could lift your hands and you could touch the ceiling. That's how low the ceiling was. They didn't have even nice seats like this. They had benches put up on barrels that were cut in half. The pulpit was just two plain old boxes. But the things that happened, that's what the world needs now, saints. They need you as the light of the world to go out here under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, raising the dead, healing the sick, changing lives, seeing marriages put back together. This is our mission. Then it says, unto a son, unto us a son is given. This was his death. He died to make the way and bring light into darkness. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And Jesus was not accepted in his society. 
he was hated. The very religious crowd that was supposed to be so pious was hauling out, crucify him, get him out of the way. We don't want him. He's And Jesus broke every law of Judaism. Every law. Would go to that church services in the temple and mess it up every time. Read the real stuff in the word of God and see what happens. But oh, when he spoke, their hearts burned. This is what God wants through us. They may not like the way we worship. They may not like anything we see. But when we speak, it should be as the oracles of God. We should not care what people who are walking in darkness. Why do you care what people walking in darkness? They're blinded. They can't see. And you know what? When light comes, what does it happen? It doesn't fight darkness. It dispels it. We are not here to fight darkness. Well, what am I going to do about this program? What are we going to do about woke? We're not going to do anything about it. We're going to go forth like Jesus did under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and captivating people's hearts and minds and setting them free by the power of God. We're going to snatch them from brands as brands from the burning. We're going to pull them out of the fires of hell and we're going to set them free. You are called to set people free. You are the light of the world. And the light cannot be hid under darkness. Can you say amen? Can't be hid. Can't be hid. It's going to be, a, it's going to be, and you know what the old saying used to go? It wasn't the bells. They did start and build churches with great big bells and tall steeples and they rang and oh, aren't they pretty? And then finally they get chimes and everything. And that's all pretty and nice. But the old saying used to be, it wasn't the bells that calls people to Jesus. It's the miracles. It's the signs. It's the wonders. Had one lady come in among us. You see, we're lights. Lady come in among us, looked around. She says, my God, how did I get in here and how do I get out? But she said, I left and I couldn't get it out of my mind. You see, she came into light. She came into light. Her eyes were open. She didn't understand what it was at first, but she could not get away from it. She had searched all over Ellsworth for a church. She said, and none of them satisfied me. She said, I could not find anything. And she said, then I walked in here. Is it because we're so holy? No. It's because we allow the spirit to move. And I'm teaching you this morning. Don't be ashamed of what you are or what you got. Don't be belligerent about it. Don't be hateful about it. Don't fight. Don't fight with people about it. Just live it. A deed, a good deed is worth a thousand words. You can argue doctrine until Jesus comes and miss the rapture argument. But that lady left the church. A sister in the church went to visit her and took her a book. Never discussed the service, just talked about Jesus. And all week long, she was troubled. 
There was something. There was just something. She didn't understand all the parameter and all the other stuff that went on. But she said, there's something. There was something about that service. There was something there. And she came back. Man. And she came back. She's passed on to glory. Became a member. Became the secretary, secretary, secretary of the church. And that person was June Forsythe. And she brought a buddy, Elizabeth Cole. I used to tease, I used to tease Elizabeth. I told her, I says, I says, you pose for the Holy Ghost. Because she was so sweet. I, when I, I didn't say that at first when I got to know her. And she would stand up she'd go. <laughs> I said, Sister Cole, one of these days, I said, God is going to hit that pose. And you're going to find yourself laying on the floor. She didn't quite get to the floor, but she landed in the seats. And come through speaking with other tongues. Say amen. amen. All right. This is the light that came into the world. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Here it is. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the in, Listen to this now. Of the increase and peace, there will be no end. He has established the church of Jesus Christ on the day of Pentecost and the church will not die. Don't you listen to the people that are saying that we're living in post-Christianity. We are not living in post-Christianity. It might be post-Christendom, but it's not post-Christianity. It's not post-spirit-filled churches. It's not post to the, uh, to the uh, power of God. It's not post to the healing. It's not post to salvation. People that are still adhering to the fullness of the gospel, that pe- their churches are being, people are being saved, being filled, being healed. You heard a testimony from Brother Ray. God healed him of the common cold. We've seen cancers, all this, but it's all the world over. There is a move that's going. The church is not in one of the most persecuted, persecuted churches there are in China. And the church is in revival in Iran. They can't control it. It's spirit-filled churches. Right underneath the nose of all the restriction and everything else that they have to live under. God is moving by his power in the country of Iran. You don't hear that in the news. This is the light. And it has no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice from this time forward and forever. God is taking the church and moving and making a citizenship of believers. And eventually he's raising up a kingdom that he's coming after and he's going to set up a kingdom that will never die. And the church is going to rule and reign with him This thing is not dead. It's not dying. It's alive. It's vital. It's powerful. And you're a part of it. Don't be ashamed of it. 
I'm not talking about being hateful. We don't need to argue with those who are in darkness. We don't even worry about all those that are living lifestyles and ungodly that, that have that whole thing mixed up. We don't have to worry about We just go after them. Not everybody's going to listen, but that's going to be one. That's going to be two. That's going to be three. That's going to make up the church. The church is not dying. We're in a little lull period, but God's awakening his people. You don't be worried about the church. God established it on the day of Pentecost, and it's never going to end. Do you know when Azusa Street happened? It happened when our country was in the most troubled time spiritually, physically, financially, and religiously. God goes, boom. He used a black man right in the middle of social injustice. You didn't have any prominence when you were black. That's why God used it and used this man. They wouldn't even let him into college. He had to sit outside in a hall in a chair with the door open because if they had found out that Mr. Seymour was in that classroom, that school would be closed down. And Mr. Seymour... A black man loved God so much that he was content to sit outside the classroom door and take notes. He never graduated from there because they wouldn't let him. And finally, God called him. This is your history of Pentecost. Don't be ashamed of Pentecost. I heard one girl say, one young lady say, Pentecost, the name Pentecost, give me the heebie-jeebies. I said, God, girl, you are on the, you are really on dangerous territories. This thing is not going to die. We are the light of the world. We're anointed for a purpose. And a purpose is to take this gospel into a sin-cursed world and set them free. Not to argue doctrine. Not to argue whether LGBTQ is right or wrong. Homosexuality is right or wrong. I'm not saying that I, uh, we do it. But they are lost and dying. They need Jesus. They don't need our criticism. When they get to feel the power of God, because most of those people are mixed up. People that have been abused by fathers and mothers and society. We need to love them. We don't embrace what they do. Had one young lady come here, still loves me. And I don't mean that wrong. I still have great rapport with her. Just saw her last Halloween. Didn't know she was in the crowd. And she looks up and she goes, hi, Pastor. And I said, oh, and I called her my name. I said, I looked around and I said, where have you been? She says, oh, I know it. She came, we loved on her. Never showed any difference. I remember, stand up. I remember going to her one day. I went like this. I said, you know what? 
I said, we love you. She looks at me and she says, I know it. Mm. Then I go like this. I say, but there's some things, and I whispered it. There's some things in your life that you've got to change. And she looks at me and she says, I know that too. Mm. You love them. Come on. Let's get real. What's the difference between an alcoholic and one, and one of them and that type of, of, of a person? There's no difference. Sin is sin. And we've come to dispel darkness. We're light. Go and shut. Can you shut all the lights off? You can't. You can't shut these off because you have to get up a ladder to get this shut off. Not anymore? Can you shut, okay, shut all, shut all the lights off. Shut them off. Not half light. I want them all out. Can't take what? We can get as dark as we can. I wish these would go out. Cover that up. That's dark, isn't it? All right? Begin to turn them on. No. Try to turn them all at once when light comes. This is what happens when light comes. Or we're going to just turn them on as you go. This is what happens when light comes. It dispels it. And sometimes it does hurt our eyes in what we see. That is exactly what a move of God does. I don't understand how those lights work. When you turn the switch... <laughs> but let me tell you something. When you turn the switch of the power of the Holy Ghost, people get changed. Light and uh, darkness don't agree. Light, uh, darkness has to go. Darkness has to give way. It is dispelled. It goes. Have you got people that you know of that are in darkness? Don't criticize them. Don't knock them. Don't fight with them. Stop praying for them and ask God for an open door because you're the light of the world. Jesus came. He suffered. He died. God became flesh. My God, how better, how much better can you get? A holy God. Who can't stand sin. And the only way he could do it is to spell it. And make, up a, and make a program to come into a world. And he condescended. The devil said to him, now, what's that word? I'm just paraphrasing that one. Okay, whatever you said. Okay, that's it. That's good. I can't pronounce it. And I told him, I said, I probably never would. So that's a good word. Amen? And I'm not criticizing the word. But let me tell you, when, when uh, uh, I'm just paraphrasing now, the devil said to God, okay, I'll, do, I'll, deal, I'll deal a bargain with you. You want these people back? You pay for it with your life. God said, you got a deal. So he said, I'll fix him. So he formed a baby in a virgin's womb, not touched by human blood or anything. It said, Mary conceived. Mm. The seed of a woman. That's what the Bible calls it. Now, a woman doesn't have a seed. Doesn't have the seed. Uh-uh, the man has the seed. How many know that? But this one, was a seed of a woman. Oh, 
Women don't want, don't do this in church. Oh, foolish. That's crazy. Ladies, I want you to work and do as much as you can. And I said, my God, pray, preach, sing, dance, shout. Labors together. Husband and wife, boys and girls. Anyway, God says, you got a deal. Ha! <laughs> I'll, I'll take you up on it. So God said, okay, I'll just form an embryo in a mother's womb. Not touched by man. What flowed in that little baby was divine, uh, was, was, was holy, unsullied blood, pure blood. Life of the flesh is in the blood. And you know what? God says, I'll give my life. And he shed his blood on Calvary. Bringing life and light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And then he turned to the disciples and said, you're the light of the world. And I'm infusing you with my spirit. God incarnate and then God in us. Which is the Holy Ghost. And the power of the Holy Ghost in us brings light to a darkened world. And we become lights and dispel it wherever we go. You, if you will just allow yourself wherever you go, you can change the atmosphere. Don't register the heat. Change the heat. Turn it up. Be a thermostat. Your light. All right. Then Jesus in John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. And then it's, now go down in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. But God, who was rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, That's what the church does. The church isn't this building. The church is you. The church brings life out of death. We convey life. Wherever we go, we disrupt death. I'm not talking about physical death, and we can do that too. I'm talking about spiritual death. We can transform people from darkness into life. We've got the power. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying it as a reality truth. It says here, from the way where he loved us, when we were dead in sins, has made us alive together with Christ by his grace, you see. Now here I'm in the conclusion. All right. Ready? I'm coming, getting this plane focused to land. Don't say amen or praise the Lord, whatever you do. Amen. So I was asked recently, what are your expectations of the future? Well, at first I was taken off God. I, I, I kind of go, oh, my, yeah. and, I, and I thought, mm, new building, proper solid transmission of leadership. And I prayed, and then I realized I've had a continual expectation 
from the inception of CLP, which projects into the future. I want to read it to you. I was going to have you get this so I can pass it out, but I'll pass it out later because I didn't get time. Here's the continuing vision of the church of life and praise. That's you. Every one of you are a part. You are light bearers. You are anointed by the Holy Spirit. You are making history. They say, well, where's the crowds? Don't worry, they'll come, and they're coming. We've had a few bumps in the road, but honey, I'm going to tell you, they're on the way. And we shouldn't be worried about crowds. We should be worried about people. We've had crowds before. God help us. I want people that are hungry and thirsty and want a move of God and are hungry to win souls. I use in the gifts. I love it when I see my people being used in the gifts. Having visions. This is what it's all about. This is my vision. My heartfelt goal for the Church of Life and Praise. And this is put in every booklet when people become a member. Getting to know us. They get this vision. And there they are right up there. There's a, help me on this one. The first one is his prayer. This is about prayer. Encounter God. Build relationships. That's the avenue. Now this is the vision of our church. Now I want to tell you something. There's churches all over this country and all over this world that have the same vision, not word for word, but they're going after people. And guess what? They're getting criticized. You don't want to be criticized, don't join us. It's not going to come from in-house. It's going to come from the outhouse. <laughs> Didn't you say amen? <laughs> you had to be here to, to, to get that joke. Okay, my heartfelt goal for the Church of Life and Praise is for us to be a citadel of deliverance. Someone explain that. Okay, a military fortress, a strong point. Believe it or not, we're a strong point. And I'm not negating the ministry of any other people. I'm only concerned with our church and the call upon our church. I'm not going to fight with a person down, down the street or... Well, I don't dare to point anywhere, but wherever they are, okay? No, I'm not going to. They have their vision. They're going to do what they're going to do. And I'm not going to sit up here and get in the pulpit and criticize them or talk about them. I'm going to leave them alone. I'm going to love them. I'm going to fellowship with them. Can you say amen? A citadel of deliverance where people from every walk of life can come and find total freedom and liberty through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our vision. Therefore, the constant maintenance of spirit-filled, listen to this now, the constant maintenance of spirit-filled and spirit-led services and ministry is a high priority if this is to become a reality. That's a lot being said there. My prayerful desire is that the church of life and praise will be a place where the presence of the Lord continually dwells with his anointing tangibly present in our midst. 
How many feel his anointing was here this today? And our members fluently, listen to it, and our members, not the leadership, our members, that's you, fluently, let me find my place. And our members fluently operating in the nine gifts of the Spirit in and out of the sanctuary. This vision we had from the inception of CLP. That's what we want. And we're aiming for it. And I believe it's happening. Where's the people? Don't worry about the people. You get signs, wonders, and miracles happening, they'll come. They'll be drawn. We have to go to work. We're not just going to sit here. Here. Okay? Did you notice I said in and out of the sanctuary? I want to see a fully equipped facility erected to the glory of God. Here we're coming to it. Well staffed by godly, capable men and women enabling us to reach our community through various ministries. With this intact... We can fulfill our motto, encounter God, build relationships, and change the world. This vision can and will be achieved through what? Continual prayer and powerful praise and worship and our striving to minister to the lives in our area through the anointing and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Thus, we will be fulfilling the great commission of our Lord, going into all the world and make disciples, preaching, teaching, ministering, the Lord working with us, confirming with word, with accompanying signs, freely have we received, freely must we give. And let me tell you something, saints. We can't do it by sitting on our laurels, what we have accomplished. But we've got to be up and active, going for it. Everywhere we go. Well, you we're lights. Jesus says you're lights of the world. You're lights. You're going to dispel, and I'm going to dispel the darkness. We're going to dispel. We've been commissioned. Like the early church. See, we, we, we forget about the early church and how it operated. I mean, the, the early church was, was crazy. It was crazy. They did these things on the street. Think about it. Oh, my. Right in front of the public. Got thrown in jail. Wrangled with the magistrates. Religious crowd was against them. Judaizers was coming to kill them. That was a religious crowd. Are you game for it? How many want a move of God? Then you got to be game for it. If you're going to join this game, you've got to play by the rules. God, I want to heal the sick. I want to raise the dead. Do you believe that you can raise the dead? Start asking God. There may come a time when you have to do it. We had one lady in, and back along. Philip, um, Phil Stearns and I went into a room. She was an elderly lady. I looked at Phil, and I said, she can't die. 
I mean, the tubes are there. They were, they're giving her up to dare, die. I said, she can't die. I said, she's not saved. I said, Phil, if she, go, if she goes out, she's going to hell. And they had a thing over her. You couldn't touch it, but they had a thing over her. I said, take my hand and take the other hand and put it on, on that, that hood or whatever it is. I said, we've got to rebuke death. I said, we cannot have her die. Now, we didn't haul and scream and shout and dance. That's not the time. But we put our hands on that thing, on that thing that was covering her. And we rebuked death. And I said, God, she can't die. I said, God, she cannot die. I said, she's not ready. Well, make a long story short, she came out of the hospital, came to church, gave her heart to the Lord, baptized in his name, filled with the Holy Ghost, lived about two or three years later and died. I said, now she can go. That's the way we got to think. That's exactly the way we got to think. I know I've kept you a long time, but I want us to get this. I want us to get this. How many is getting it? Rather salt and light. Amen? The metaphors of salt and light, and I'm done. I really am. Glory. The metaphors of salt and light in Matthew 5 indicate the kingdom citizens' influence for good as they penetrate the darkened secular society. The working of the supernatural will begin to get the attention of the people in our area and in turn soften their hearts to the messages of the message of miracles. And that's what the full gospel is. Everybody say message of miracles. That's what we preach, the message of miracles. You say, well, where's all the miracles? We, well, we've had how many? Three or four people healed of cancer? I believe more than that. We've had sciatica healed. I mean, you name it. I mean, there are people that are getting healed all the time. We haven't even, we started recording it, but we don't record it. Now, do we see all kind of, you know, have we seen broken legs healed and all that? We haven't seen it yet, but we're going to. Because that's our aim. And the, that, all that, you take a person and you lay their hands on and that should be our goal. And lay hands on that person's leg or arm, and all of a sudden they can take it out of the thing. Then you know what? That's going to attract a crowd. That's going to soften the hearts. Yes. That actually happened here. Amen? Did it? Oh, I don't remember that. Totally healed. This is what we want. Do we want that to show off and to brag? No. To attract those that are in darkness. Amen? And all God, all God, all glory goes to God. There's no, no glory in us. Dear God, we're nothing. I'm nothing. Dear Lord, have mercy. If you could see where my, I came from, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, I'll tell you. And then many will respond to our message of full redemption of spirit, soul, and body, and they will glorify the Father in heaven. That's what the Bible says. You bear the light of the world, bear it forth, and they're going to glorify God. We don't want any glory. There's one thing I do, I do like, and 
people have said, and found some just just sent it, sent it recently, said, you know, I'm calling you because your church knows how to pray. And I accepted that as a compliment. Humble. I thought, oh, God, help us to really live up to that. And before we start questioning, let's look what's actually happening in our midst. Are the door, are we, are we packing them out? Anything? No. But we've got hungry people sitting here that want God. Every single day, every single day. And there's one back there that raised, she raised her hand. I'm a hungry person. I'm going to pray for Christmas and she gets filled with the Holy Ghost. That's all she comes in. She comes in, and, and she could have an excuse to stay home. She doesn't drive. She comes all the way from Old Town. I mean, when you go out love on this woman, this woman comes. And the, and the thing, then pray for her dad. Her dad brings her and sits outside. I go out just every, every Sunday, and I don't want them to preach to him. I go out there and talk to him. How you doing? How's things going? You know, blah, blah, blah. One of these, I'm going to nail him. Don't you tell him that Christmas. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I am excited about what God is doing among us. We have, the atmosphere in this, this church has changed so in the past three or four weeks. It's just powerful. And I think something was accomplished in the spirit today. You go out here in hope. You go out here in faith. Don't you step back and step back for anything because you are light bearers. Everybody say, I'm a light bearer. I'm, light bearer. I'm filled with the Spirit. Spirit. Baptized in His name. Baptized. Believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. I'm a light bearer. By your anointing, not mine. In Jesus' name. How many want that? How many want it to continue? Praise God. Now don't go out here wondering how you're going to do it. Just go out here and do it. <laughs> and when you feel the prompting, and pray that God will put you in front of people. And when you feel the prompting, ask God to lead you. Watch God do it. I, I know he will. But I'm not saying it out of pride that we're the only ones. I'm talking about saying that we've got goods. We're part of the, that, that group and that power, powerful people. We're part of those people that are hungry and thirsting after righteousness and wanting to see God more. Amen. Whew. I feel his presence right now. You feel his presence? What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask every one of us just to come down and just stand here before. I don't even want any music. You can have some later, but I just want us to stand and say, God, I give myself to you. I want to be a light of the world. And I'm going to go forth with your help. 